our mindset, our relationships, our spirituality, and our personal growth. Grab a cup of tea and let's get fluid. Welcome to the very first episode of the Fluid Soul podcast. I'm so incredibly excited to be finally recording my very first episode. And I'll be honest, this process has taken me a hell of a lot longer to bring it into fruition than I was expecting. My intention for this podcast is to be as authentic and as transparent as I can be about the whole process that has led me to cultivating a more fluid soul energy in my everyday life. I also want this platform to inspire and empower you to be, do and say whatever you desire regardless of your background, your beliefs, your education or your social status. We are conditioned from the get-go to believe that we have very little control over our lives and that the only level of success that we can truly attain is through following and abiding by the systems of society. Now, I have discovered through living and breathing this experience on a personal level that is simply not true and for centuries has perpetuated a deep disconnect between our mind, our bodies and our soul layers. Knowledge in my eyes is truly powerful and we can use the information that we gather along with the many tools, practices and guidance within our lives to tap back into our own unique gifts and align our daily actions and intentions with our soul's deepest and true desires. This is where the gold lies within our human experience. I believe that we are meant to find a balance between living in the realm of reality and creating in the realm of magic, aka the quantum field. Now, I don't have time right now on this podcast to go into what quantum physics is, but I definitely recommend doing a little bit of your own research about what quantum physics is and what I mean when I talk about the quantum field. I want to acknowledge and honor each and every one of you for investing your time to hang out with me and to saying yes to finding more flow in your life. I'm here to serve you and to support you in any way that I can and to encourage you to share your own thoughts and feelings as feedback from these musings of mine. This is my intro episode and in this episode I'm going to give you the opportunity to meet the real Amy, the real me on a personal and a professional level. I'm going to be sharing with you my journey from childhood to now and will do my best to highlight the areas of my life that have led me towards finding my own unique flow. I hope that that my insight will support you to navigate and break free from the societal constructs so that you yourself can align your energy with the energy of flow. Over the course of the following episodes, I plan to break down in detail the main pillars that I use in my everyday life that have allowed me to carve out my own fluid soul experience. I truly believe that it's time for us to shift our old worn out paradigm of beliefs that we must follow the rules of society in order to achieve success in our personal and business worlds. I believe it's time we understand the true nature of our unique potential. 
And honestly, I feel like shouting from the rooftops that when we understand how to wield our energy, our thoughts, and our intentions, we can begin to magnetize our deepest desires straight into our physical reality. I do not believe that life is meant to be hard or boring or stressful all of the time. And this seems to be a a belief pattern that I see and hear in so many of the people around me. It's almost like these words, these beliefs have been programmed into us so that it is the automatic response that we will say when things aren't going our way or when we haven't achieved that goal yet or when we don't feel like we are doing our best in life. Once we understand and embody the laws of the universe, the laws of our bodies, and the laws of our mind, we once again can become the magicians of our world. My hope is to guide us towards a state of flow that will empower you to become the witch or the wizard of your wildest dreams. So let's get into it. I am a 34-year-old woman, originally born in East London in the UK, And I now live as a permanent resident in Canada, in the province of British Columbia. I come from a working class family. I have an older sister and a mum and a dad. I am a certified and practicing yoga teacher, a newly coined empowerment guide. And since the fall of 2020, I have taken a leap of faith to go full time as an entrepreneur in these fields which, believe me, is as terrifying and as exciting as you would think it would be. I was certainly not always this way, but I do now pride myself on being pretty outspoken and pretty upfront as an individual. And at times, I have been viewed as an outsider for my beliefs. I often do not fit into the typical norms of society. And I will apologize in advance because it's likely that I may drop a few swear words here and there. I used to believe that this was incredibly inappropriate or wrong, but now I just see it as a way for me to express my true essence. And that is what I am all about, is you expressing your true essence and really giving less of a fuck about what people think of you. My daily mantra is to do more of what I love every day. And I'm human, so I don't always get this right. And I don't always do everything that I love every day. It is truly a work in progress. It is a practice and it is a forever journey. But for me, this typically looks like spending my time dancing, singing, creating, cooking, reading, being on my yoga mat, meditating, manifesting, adventuring outside, traveling, of course, sleeping, love sleeping. (laughs) And one of my biggest values, learning. And honestly, really, it's anything that puts a huge smile on my face. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And this is something that I've had to learn, accept, and now I'm working towards celebrating it every day as a recovering overachiever and people pleaser. I, like most of us, wear a number of hats every day. Again, this is something that I used to be ashamed of and even fearful to show all parts of what makes me truly me. 
And it has been a long and at times painful road to accept and love all parts of me. Particularly in the last couple of years, it has taken a hell of a lot of self-worth and self-love work for me to get here. Giving less of a fuck of what people think of you can at times be seen as rude or obnoxious. But I am really starting to understand that this is a place of liberation. It is a place of power to stand in your own sovereignty. I'm of course not condoning causing deliberate pain to others or disrespecting others just because you want to. But I have found that society places these outrageous expectations on us to always be perfect, to always be well-behaved and well-mannered, and it's simply not realistic, nor is it in alignment with our uniqueness. So please, I ask you to take from these episodes what resonates with you and to respectfully leave the rest. No judgment, only love. There is also so much power that comes with standing in your sovereignty, standing in your truth and owning who you are, regardless of the expectation that may be placed on you from your family, your friends, and of course, society. When we acknowledge our uniqueness, we can lean into our gifts and begin to form a lifestyle for ourselves that aligns with your unique needs. This ensures that you are not working against the resistance of trying to fit into that mold that is not your shape or size. This is where we lose ourselves. We fall out of alignment. We lose our direction in life. It is rare for us to be taught during our childhood years into our young adult years how to navigate or support these emotional or energetic shifts that occur to us in life which often leaves us feeling lost, empty, burnt out, depressed, unmotivated, lonely, fearful, and small. As young children, we pride ourselves in being unique. Our parents encourage us to follow our hearts, to never stop dreaming big so that we can live out our passions in our adulthood years. However, we are often not empowered to utilize our unique potential to maintain our heart's desires as we begin to navigate the many decisions and challenges that come with becoming an adult. Before we know it, we are conditioned into following the societal rules of life in order to gain success, security, and contentment. Get a good education, obtain a secure career path, find someone to fall in love, secure a home base, start building a family of your own, And spend, you know, something around the hours of 30, 40, 50, 60 plus hours grinding day in, day out in a job that typically does not serve you only to scrape by each month with barely enough money to pay the bills and buy the groceries. And honestly, it is ludicrous. And our unique potential gets swept under the rug as a lost cause. I think it's time to shift that old paradigm. And I'm here to tell you that it does not have to be this way. You do have a choice. You can follow your dreams. And your unique potential is the power that we hold within to create a life of limitless joy, love, abundance, and freedom. And I know I'm making it sound like it's easy. And it's not. There's nothing easy about it. And that is what I'm going to be sharing honestly with you. The path I have taken has been some of the most challenging paths I have ever had to move through. But it first starts with going inwards, 
finding stillness, which will enable you to witness your current beliefs and uncover your subconscious beliefs. Our subconscious beliefs often lay hidden beneath the surface, preventing our true nature from blossoming. I believe in order to live from our truest, most unique potential, we must focus on building balance and clearing space within our energetic centers, or you may have heard these called your chakras, understanding our health, understanding our mental well-being, and healing our self-worth whilst implementing aligned action. So there is a lot of moving parts that will help you to start this process of moving towards your uniqueness. And I say this from experience. It has taken me a long ass time to express my truth from a place of clarity and from a place of deep love and trust for myself. I have had many people in my life try to shut me down, make me feel insignificant, tell me that I'm unworthy of my dreams and kick me when I'm down. I know people in my life who have wanted to follow their true desires, but who have crumbled under the pressure of society and other people's judgments just to get on with it and follow the rules. And I have been there myself many, many times. I have wanted to give up and have given up more times than I care to mention. But it is in that heaviness, that darkness, that wound where Rumi so brilliantly describes that the light can enter. It is very challenging to break through the sea of judgment that often comes up and instead stand with a sense of clarity of who you are and what your message is in the world. This felt more prevalent for me being that I grew up in such a big city where the expectation for you to achieve and do big things is apparent from an extremely young age. If you're someone that has lived in a city, lived near a city, or has simply visited a city, it will be very apparent to you that the flow of a city is very different than that of the flow of a small rural town or village. Like I mentioned earlier, I now live in a rural area of Canada where I am surrounded by kilometers and kilometers of mountains, lakes, rivers, and space as far as the eye can see. And this is truly such a juxtaposition for me in terms of what I used to know but I can recognize how profoundly each of these settings have shaped my life as I know it. London currently has a population of 9.3 million people. (laughs) And the Slocan Valley, which is where I live, has around 5,000 people. Just to give you an idea of how big of a shift this move was for me. I always remember people reacting in awe at the fact that I was from London as if it was a magical or special place to come from. And don't get me wrong, it definitely has its magical energies, its magical moments. But now that I live in a rural area, I can appreciate way more why people are fascinated by cities when they live in small towns. It's that constant ability to be able to go out and do something new or different. And it's true in many ways. In London, there is always so much stuff to do. When I was growing up, there was always so many things to go and see and do at any time of the day. And I did love this about being in a city. But I also feel as though it heightened my need to always be achieving as the pace of life was quicker, louder, and the energy was always so vibrant and bright. 
I always remember wanting to have as many of my fingers and toes in as many pies as I could get my hands on. And this part of myself is extremely present to this day. But over the last few years, I have significantly scaled back the variety of projects, jobs, or ideas that I focus on each day. Well, at least I'm trying to. (laughs) A big part of that change has come from spending more time in nature more time on my own, which I have really struggled to find peace with. More time in silence surrounded by the natural flow of nature. When I reflect on the years that I spent in London, I am aware of the four main expectations that shaped who I became. Number one, people from the city are successful and have their shit together. Number two, people from a city work hard and play hard. Number three, Women in a city need to do more to be seen and heard in a predominantly male-led economy. Number four, in order to be successful, you need to follow the educational route and achieve an academic status. In order for me to make it, I needed to be outgoing, hardworking, attractive, desirable, successful, academic, and intelligent to outweigh my male counterparts. These are some of my beliefs that led me through my life in London. Although I was considered the outgoing child of the family, in my earlier childhood years, I remember being plagued with extreme anxiety, a lack of self-confidence due to my weight, and an overwhelming fear of confrontation. I hated confrontations. And I do still to this day, but I felt like I had no voice and no inner strength to stand on when it came to having to face someone else. This vulnerable energy of mine led to me being taken advantage of by others. And this included my close friendship circle, which formed a lot of unresolved anger within me. I often went against my own beliefs and broke many of my own personal boundaries just to ensure that everyone else's needs were met before mine and that the boat was never rocked. I did not know I had boundaries, but I always felt angry or resentment bubble up inside of me that I would just have to push back down. I was not the pretty, nor was I the popular girl in school, and my weight was often a topic of conversation for everyone and anyone. I remember having thoughts that in order for me to be successful, to be noticed, to become the center of attention, I would need to share something unique about myself. I would need to improve my physical appearance and I would need to achieve top grades in school. My mum and my dad were folk singers while I was growing up. This was one of their true passions and my dad played the guitar. My sister and me would tag along to the local jam sessions that they would attend and play with the other kids. And I think this is where my passion for singing was first formed. Although at the time when I would attend these sessions, I would never want to get involved in in the actual performance side of it. In the years leading after, I became obsessed with all things music and performance related. And at that time, I dreamed of becoming the next Christina Aguilera. It was around the age of 10, I became aware of the uniqueness of my voice. I had a big voice for such a young child, but due to my fears, I was always so crippled with so much self-doubt as to how I would share this gift of mine. I don't remember exactly how this happened, but I started performing songs in the schoolyard during our breaks. The word quickly spread 
and I was often swarmed by various groups each day who would demand that I sang them a song. Oh, body's saying let's go. Oh, but my heart is saying no. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. Come, come, come and help me out. Not bad for a short, chubby, ugly kid, I used to imagine thinking. But I didn't care. I was enthralled by the fact that people were finally starting to take notice of me. Well, I say I didn't care. Deep down, I cared a lot. My next move came in the form of controlling my weight. I joined a variety of dieting programs towards the end of secondary school, which I just want to make a note of this. That's pretty young to start dieting programs. So this is before the age of 16. I was drinking SlimFast shakes and was counting my calories. And this continued all the way throughout my college and university years. When I reflect back on this time, I now realize that I had an eating disorder. Obsessively counting my calories and weighing everything that I ate was a way for me to have control in my life. It was not a mentally or physically healthy way to live. But this does not matter to me at the time. I was being acknowledged left, right and centre and my self-confidence was increasing each day with every pound that I lost. This new self-confidence gave me the ability to start fresh during my university years. I have a Bachelor Arts degree in Theatre Arts. My goal was to leave with top grades and pursue a successful career as a performer or a singer in London. I did not originally want to go to university. In fact, I deferred attending by a year and instead got myself a job as an administrator for the NHS. This is the British healthcare system. I remember enjoying this role at first as it gave me a sense of independence that I was craving. I was also able to use my wages to invest in my first car. But as the time passed, I started to envision myself Remaining in this job sat day in, day out at a desk, putting energy towards outcomes that did not serve my passions or my goals. And this fear actually was the thing that led me to signing back up to attend university the following year. As I truly believed at that time, or at least let's say it was a pressure from society, that this was the path that was going to be my ticket to freedom and to me being able to live a life of doing something that I loved. During my university years, I continued to control my weight and I was also obsessively exercising daily. I did enjoy my time at university. In fact, I adored my time at university. I felt as though I could express myself in any way that I chose to. And I also loved all of my friends because they were as wild and as wacky as I was. If you have not hung out with a group of young performing arts students, then all I can say is that there was never a dull moment. We were always creating or celebrating or dancing or singing and just generally being a bunch of idiots. From an outside perspective, I was flourishing. I was happy, content, supported even. But from an inside perspective, I am aware now that I was playing a role that allowed me to avoid having to listen to my true needs and instead I leaned heavily into people pleasing. A very poignant thing happened to me whilst I was at university. I was exposed to my very first experience of yoga. Our solo performing arts teacher Des was a long-standing yogi. 
I did not know what this meant at the time, but before each class, Des would guide us through a variety of yoga poses, and he said that it was going to help to prepare our mind and our bodies for our physical expression. I, like most of the other students, thought it was strange as hell. We would often make fun of Des and his ideologies. But little did I know then that yoga would become such a profound healing platform for me and that it would completely shift the direction and energy of my life. My original hopes and dreams to graduate university and pursue a career as a performing artist quickly began to diminish as the final months of exams drew closer. Although I knew I did not want to let my degree go to waste and end up doing a job that was completely unrelated to my passion, I still left uni feeling lost, confused, and with this crushing expectation to do more and be more. London is known to being a city of performance, arts, and music. It is home to thousands upon thousands of incredibly talented musicians, artists, and actors. I never thought that this realisation would cause me such anxiety when it came to my time to stand on stage and shine. How was I going to be noticed in a sea of talented people? And there it emerged. That suffocating dark belief of, I'm not good enough. That I'm not special or unique enough to be worthy of success within my field of passion. When I graduated uni, I questioned how I was going to translate the feelings and experience I had had over the past three years into a real life. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hold love and gratitude to each and every one of you for choosing to invite me into your awareness today. If you liked, loved or resonated with what was shared, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. If you take a screenshot of your review and send it over to fluidsoulpodcast at gmail.com, you will receive from me a free guided chakra activation meditation as a little thank you. If you know of anyone that could be supported through this podcast, please share it with them. If you share it on social media, do not forget to tag me as I would love to repost that share. To keep up to date with what I'm up to, head over to my socials, Instagram, amy.fluidsoul, and Facebook, Fluid Soul Yoga. Your support is crucial in my ability to continue to serve and record episodes. You can send me a donation of your choice by following the Red Circle donation link in the show notes of this episode. And if you're curious on how I've been able to create more fluidity, freedom and abundance via the online space, hop over to my website, fluidsoul.ca and sign up for our free web class to learn more. Now grab a cup of tea and let's get fluid. Fluid.